I have to pee like a racehorse. I will be right back. You guys can continue talking and giving your final thoughts, but holy cow, I need to go to the bathroom. <laughs> just for reference, we are not editing that out. That is totally going to be the cold open. I just got to say that's going to be the cold open. So, all right. Welcome to the Beers and Ears podcast. Here are your hosts, Casey Woolley and Matthew Brown. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Beers and Ears podcast. My name is Casey. And my name is Matt. We have a very fun episode for you today. I guess uh, I'm, I'm so excited for the guests we have on. I mean, I'm excited <laughs> about the topic, too. Uh, hang on. I'm already, like, stumbling over things. Let's restart that. <laughs> no, no. I think it's good. I was going to say to start the episode today, no, usually here are the, uh, the, uh, the glitter and fairy dust uh, uh, chime when, when we first come in. That's like hearing the rainbow. So Skittles, it's tasting the rainbow. Now we're hearing the rainbow. And that's what this episode is all about. It is all about the LGBT community and the history with Disney. And yes, we're, we're very excited to have guests on. Matt, why are we excited to have these guests on though? Uh, these guests are all people we have worked with at the Disney store. So this is like a mini uh, uh, Schomburg Woodfield Mall Disney store reunion virtually. And uh, that it's just it's good to see these people. So um, uh, uh, you uh, you heard Peter on an episode. Oh, like a year ago now, if you can believe Longer that. Than a year so ago, Peter, yeah. welcome back. Yes. Thank you. Hello, everyone. <laughs> And um, again, we have um, joining us for the first time, but longtime friend of the pod, we have Jane. Hi, hey, Jane. so glad to be here. Thanks for inviting me, guys. Absolutely. You know, Peter, when Peter was on, he, we got to hear his angelic voice singing the I Lava song. I don't know, Peter, if you, um, if you heard our, our 100th anniversary spectacular, but when we did the segment on the guests, we used your entire song as the background music as the different guests were talking. So it worked out really good. It was, it, I, it was really cute. I did hear that. That I appreciate that. Like, and if anything, like to add to like the magic of that you guys produce, um, go for it. <laughs> so here's what we're going to do. And, and I want to preface this with one thing. So you heard Matt say at the very beginning of the episode, oh man, I'm already screwing this up. And, and Matt, I'm going to make you feel vulnerable for just a second and that's okay. Um, so That's fine. <laughs> so at the beginning, before we even started recording, Matt's like, you know, um, you know, if, if I say something wrong, just let me know and we'll re-record it. And, and we made it a point the three of us to say, no, we're, we're not, we're not going to re-record that segment. And here's the reason why the conversation we're about ready to get into um, I'm fully well aware that people listen to this podcast. Um, in case you guys don't know, I've talked about my partner on this podcast a lot. So y'all know I'm gay. Uh, and, and we've mentioned that before, but I think sometimes people shy away from having conversations like the one we're about ready to have because it makes people feel uncomfortable and they're afraid of saying the wrong things. It's okay to say the wrong things, especially when you recognize, Oh, I said the wrong thing. Let me fix that. And that's why as we have this conversation, it may feel uncomfortable. It may feel weird. It may feel awkward. Uh, that's the point. We're having a conversation because um, this is meant to show to everyone out there that it's okay to be you. It doesn't matter who you are. It's okay to be you. It's okay to live the best version of yourself. And in these conversations help bring that to light. And so what we're talking about today is in fact, the Walt Disney company, beers and ears, that's what we're about. But beyond that, the history of the LGBT community and LGBT issues and LGBT representation within the Walt Disney Company. And we're going to cover kind of a lot of aspects. And Matt is going to kind of be our host. He's going to kind of be the, the, the host with the most right now. Uh, so, so, Matt, I'm going to stop talking and I'm going to turn this yes. over to you so you can, um, you can get us going. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think a great place to start is kind of the history of of the lgbtq community and disney that's a very broad topic but um i, I i'm i'm trying not to shoehorn you all into like i want you to answer specific questions so just kind of the history of it um you know other stuff like that um uh yeah go <laughs> <laughs> well i was really um interested i got to do a lot of reading about some of this because a lot of the stuff is, was really kind of new to me also. And 
I believe, if now let me know if I'm incorrect, but the first documented event was with the red shirt in 1991 yes. over at Disneyland. I thought, well, one, just that um, posting it up on that, that bulletin board on the internet, how it was just for a few people grew and grew and grew immensely from we're looking at 1991 to where we are now. I mean, just in 10 years growth from 91 to um, uh, 2000, I mean, it, it grew like just so from 3000 people that came in 1991 to support um, diversity and to be able to feel free and enjoy their time at the park and just in, enjoy each other and just feel the love everyone coming together with their white, with their red shirts, 3000 people. And then we have in, um, 1995, 10,000, which then grew to 2010, over 150,000, all those red shirts. How could you not? It's amazing. It's just such a beautiful story. I just, I was like, wow. It was like all right here in front of me. Beautiful. That was kind of my thought on that. Peter, <laughs> and how it's still anything? going really strong right now. How it's yeah. still growing strong today. And now we have product and movies and all the other stuff that we're going to be talking about. And education and the great causes that, that Disney is supporting globally to enhance the education and the diversity to make this more known. And there's, I, I still am sometimes kind of like, Oh, am I saying the right thing? Who am I going to offend? But if we can just embrace each other with open arms and understand that and keep that dialogue open, I think it's, I think it's awesome. I think even just like the thinking about like the history of it and like from the, from like, from 1991, just the idea of like bringing in just the red shirts is like such a powerful thing because at that time it was also like during like the AIDS crisis that was going on. So that was like, that's like the, the red ribbon. That's what it symbolizes is for um, AIDS awareness. Um, and that was a really, really big thing, especially in the, well, the gay LGBT community um, in per at the time. Um, and I think just kind of moving forward also, oh, actually just thinking about it, um, even in like the rainbow pride flag, that's what the color red represents is love. And yeah. Like, and yeah. I just like a, seeing a sea of love, like throughout the park is like, it's such like a awe inspiring moment. Um, so to really like put all that into perspective and like seeing people being their true authentic self, not worrying about, um, being next to the person that they love and like being like mm -hmm. criticized or like seeing some sort of like something against them. I don't know what to say. <laughs> I trail off. <laughs> Peter, you know, it, it's interesting because when I was, when I was looking at it too, you know, I was a little surprised at 1991. I know it seems like a long time ago, but it's not that long ago. Like it's, it's no. only 29 years ago. I mean, it's not, it, or uh, well, yeah, or 30 years ago, really. This if year. If I was alive, it's not that long ago. <laughs> there I have you go. To remind myself of so, that. So if I was alive, it was not that long ago. What I will say though is that, and you had mentioned about people being their true selves and being being their authentic selves and all that stuff. Unfortunately, when you look at it too, when throughout the history of of Pride Days at Disney World, there's also been the the countermeasure of, 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 of organizations trying to rain on the parade, literally. Um, I, I don't know if you guys ever have seen that, that picture floating around Facebook one year um, where somebody actually hired a airplane, a skywriter that said warning or a uh, danger gay days at Disney world, stay away. And they flew it over Disney world. Um, so for just as long as that has been there, there's also been the homophobia attached with it there's been the the um you know when i don't know if you guys dive into a lot of comment sections on discussion boards or on facebook but i do from time to time and they're dangerous because you hear people you see people say things like children should not be exposed to that stuff they're too young to think about that stuff that's just you know and it's like really friendly yeah like what does that even mean right and so i think and we're gonna dive a little bit more into the we're going to dive a little bit more into the history of like, I guess the, 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 you know, kind of LGBT representation in the movies in just a couple of minutes, but 
for as far as we have progressed, I think, especially since over overfell and, and all that stuff in 2012 or 2015, for as far as we've progressed, we got a long way to go for some people to fully understand that this isn't a choice. This, this is, this is who we are. And, and Disney has in a lot of ways provided a safe space for us to be able to live that. Um, and I think that's important um, because not a lot of plate, not every place does, you know, I know there like, there's usually like a big trending, especially on like social media where it's a lot of like Disney gays and like specifically like such like Disney is such a big prominent part of, um, like most LGBT culture. Um, and so kind of my insight on it of like, why is this? Why do we, why do we see so much of this in Disney specifically? Um, and just my two cents, it, to me, it feels like, because a lot of us, that's when we faced a lot of our adversity is when we're like in our childhood and we don't really get to like be our full authentic self. So when we do finally like, accept more of who we are and unapologetically too, that's when we start like um, sharing more about ourselves. And a lot of the times we like, sometimes I feel like we tend to like revert back to like those times where we have to make up for lost time basically. So we do kind of fall back into like the cartoons, all like the fantasy. Um, And so it's like those kind of uh, feelings come back to us when we're being our true happy selves. Um, And I think that's, I think that's where a lot of like this kind of comes from of like this trend. And I I think you're hundred percent right. Disney kind of represents a safe space for us. It represents safe space for a lot of people. Um, And yes, I, I will say one of the things that Disney has done to really kind of promote that, and I remember when, when Disney did this, when this just happened a couple of years ago and you guys don't remember, Peter, I don't know if you were with us at that point yet, but Jane and Matt, I know you were, I remember when they kind of made the decision to remove the label boys, toys and girls toys from the product that we sold. And it just Mm -hmm. became the neighborhoods, right? There was, there was, this is the Marvel neighborhood. This is the star Wars neighborhood. This is the princess neighborhood. And, Mm -hmm. and, and it was very important. And I made it a point for myself and I did this on more times than I account when someone would come in and say, you know, Hey, where are the boys toys at? I would say, well, what character are you looking for? What franchise are you looking for? And I would, and I would kind of shape the conversation around that. And I remember just a fun little story real quick. This happened when I was still working at the Aurora store, this little boy came in, he was probably not much older than six or seven years old. And he was, he, he, he was looking at the princess gowns and, and he, and he saw me walk by and he got a little embarrassed and got a little shy and, 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 um, his mom was trying to encourage him like, it's okay. It's okay. You know, you can get a, you can get a princess gown if that's what makes you happy. And so I, I knelt down next to him. I said, who's your favorite princess? And, and he goes, and he go, I think it was uh, Rapunzel. And I said, why do you like Rapunzel? And she's like, he's like, well, because she's brave and strong. I said, and, and do you want to look like Rapunzel? And he's like, yeah. And I said, and, I, and we picked out a dress, a seven, eight, I think it was that would fit him. And his face just lit up when I told him it was okay to put this dress on. That is what Disney does. And I think that's why people gravitate to Disney. And I think that's why Disney has made it a safe space to, 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 uh, to, to be you. And, and if that little boy had a little bit of joy out of that, I'm all for it, you know? And, and what I love about that is that kid is not necessarily an, a part of the LGBTQ community. Exactly. That he could just been a kid that really wanted to dress up in a princess dress. Yeah. Because that's what he wanted to do. And and I, I think in general, Disney, like like you said, it does create a safe space for everybody to kind of be who you want to be. Oh no, I was I was just I was just agreeing with you completely, that safe space. Cause I know exactly those those kids that come in and here comes mom and dad. And I, this little boy particularly who comes in with his princess dress, the parents are all inclusive with it. And it's, again, it's a safe space. It's so, it's so encouraging to see that. Um, And just being able to welcome, welcome them in again, finding out their story, who their favorite Mm -hmm. character is and just really making that connection. Cause that is what, that's, what's going to keep in their mind. 
they go to the parks, all of it. It's uh, very inclusive at the stores and at the parks. I've, I've always, I've always felt that it was very safe to be myself. Yeah. And I've always remembered that since childhood. I don't ever remember not feeling that way with Disney. How did I, how did I get there now reflecting, which is what our topic is all about. How, why do I feel that way at 48 years old? When I know I felt the same way about Disney at like six, you know, that it was safe, inclusive. What my, my feelings haven't changed <laughs> at all with that. Yeah. So um, I, I have a question. I'm not, I'm, I'm curious if you all know the answer. What was the first in Disney, like character that was represented as this is a gay character? Um, I, 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 Casey is, is raising his hand to me. Like, I know the answer to this. I, I honestly don't know the answer and I'm, I'm curious what it is. Well, here's the thing. It's actually not as clear cut as, as you might think. So when I was researching this, I came across a book uh, by a gentleman named Sean Griffin. He actually wrote a book called Tinkerbells and Evil Queens, LGBT, uh, the history of LGBT representation in, in Disney. What a lot of people consider to be the first representation of an LGBT character or what is referred to as a queer character and queer, by the way, while a lot of people can sometimes think of that as a slur in our community, it's not, it's meant to represent something different, right? So uh, what, what, um, what a lot of people have come to recognize as the first queer Disney character is actually Ferdinand the Bull. And, and I've never seen the movie. Wow. Yes. I've never seen the movie, but I think it's one of the movies you watched, Matt. Um, and I guess the plot of the movie is... I'm sure I've seen it. I think it's one of the animated classics. Um, and, and I guess in the movie, Ferdinand, all of the other bulls around him, um, you know, they're interested in bull things and fighting. And, and, and he wants to go and smell the flowers. And, and that's what a lot of people have identified as really kind of the first representation but throughout Disney's history, LGBT representation for a very long time, you would actually find it subtly in villains. That that the the, femi- the effeminate side of villains is what made them um, a villain. So if you look at Captain Hook, a lot of people assume Captain Hook was gay. Um, uh, Jafar from Aladdin, Scar from um, from Lion King, um, even King Candy from Wreck It Ralph. Something as soon as the last ten years, that that effeminate side people have oftentimes associated with villainy, and Disney has kind of played to that. Um, Peter or Jane, I can't necessarily think of an openly gay animated character. In, in the in the mainstream and I think we're gonna get to that a little bit more. There's a lot of side characters in you know Disney Channel stuff and stuff, but animated I can't think of anything. Yeah. I, I believe a lot of it is interpretational. Yeah. On how on how you interpret and how you might interpret some of it. Um I I mean I get I get my gay guard goes off when I <laughs> when I see when I see or hear I'm like, oh he might be gay or oh, oh my gosh, he might be queer or you know. Um but I, I don't believe that um, uh, animated wise, I don't believe that they have introduced one. Um, the closest that I think you could get to would be it was in Onward and it was that police officer character who mm-hmm. talks about it. But again, that's not like a, a that character does not have any merch. That character is not represented in the parks. Like that character is not one of the main four to five characters in that movie. It's a character. I mean, I, I think it's still a, a. It's like it's a step in like, hey, this character is representing that, but definitely not one of the main characters. Go ahead, Peter. Just to add on to that, it's also just not a character that's like super idolized. In that sense, I mean, like, how, like, show of hands for everyone in LGBTQ who wants to be, like, I was a troll. I was represented as a troll. Like, crickets? (laughs) 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 Disney, in that sense, is a lot of their characters, like, use, like, ambiguous, like, um, like, personality traits or um, in the ways that they move or in the ways that they talk and interact with people it's still like you take your own like 
ideas off that you make like your own like assumptions or like hey i connect with that character because they do a lot of like animals and they do a lot of like like fantasy creation so there's not really like a physical like this is a person who is being this character to represent this community yeah um jane you had your hand up and then casey go ahead i did just um real quick again um oaken from frozen Mm mm-hmm um, and we all know that like, you know, and when he's like, they, they you know, come look at my family, say hello to my family, family. And they pan in the sauna to a man and four kids. Interpretational, uh, you know, it's when I think of families, I mean, yeah. sometimes I still do have that concept of family, husband, wife, kids. And going back, I was like, love it. Love it. That's my interpretation, though. Could have been a brother, uncle, you know, so many other things. But um, my mind went to his his life partner, his husband. Um, it was the first thing. What what I don't understand is that Disney has so they've kind of hit around the edges around this in the, in the major movies. But when you take one step down into Disney Channel and Disney Plus, <laughs> especially. They have started to hit hard. I mean, we've talked on this podcast, Matt, about kind of um, our secret love affair with High School Musical, the musical series. And in that show, it's not really a secret love affair. It's an an open open love love affair, affair. (laughs) by the way, if you watch the last episode, holy crap. Anyway, um, but the, 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 the romantic relationship between Seb and Carlos in that they're 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 two openly gay guys in high school in a relationship and there's no embarrassment about it. They're just, they're, they're openly gay. Right. And, and that's one example Disney put out last year. And I'm sure you guys have all seen this, that, that, that Pixar short out. Oh my God. Have you guys seen that Peter and Jane? It makes me cry. It makes me cry watching that, watching how scared he is. Cause again, Matt, this is one of those things where you you will not understand this, but coming out is one of the most emotional things that any human being can do. I, I was explaining this to my mom the other day when we were talking. You know, it's been kind of loud 16 years since I came out. But coming out, you have to get yourself – and this, at least this was like it for me. You have to get yourself to a place where you're okay writing off anybody in your life if they say they don't accept you. And you have to get yourself emotionally prepared to be there to do that. And then when they are – and some, sometimes they come back around and say, yes, we're okay. We love you. you got to kind of welcome them back into your life. It really is a, a life-changing experience. That movie, that short – encapsulates in my opinion what those emotions are the scared the 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 feel oh my god so my point i'm trying to make is this they're hitting around the edges Mm -hmm. why are they having such a hard time Mm -hmm. bringing it bringing it home like a lot of people thought elsa was going to be the was going to be the one they've not confirmed it Mm -hmm. they've not denied it but they've not confirmed it um, like, why can't we have a gay prince? Yeah. I, I, why can't we have a gay princess? I, I don't, I, I understand there's there, you know, I understand that they're looking out from a profit perspective and maybe other countries, but at some point you just gotta, mm-hmm. you just kind of gotta just go for it. Shoot for the moon. You know, I guess this is my cynical question to you all that, that, um, um, I, I can be in, especially in terms of corporations, a little bit of a cynic towards, yeah. um, when they um when they push anything so this is not just related to lgbtq community this is when a memorial day sale we at mattress firm support our troops come on in for 25 percent off it's like you don't, don't support the troops. Mattress firm. they're not a sponsor of the show just so everybody knows <laughs> <laughs> um but and so at, at at what point is this okay they're realizing that the merch is very very profitable but that they're scared to go on movies. And I think the number one reason is just it's not going to be profitable because it's been um, or I shouldn't say that the the I, 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 let me let me rephrase the view in the corporate mind is that it won't be profitable because it will be bogged down in controversy. Um, and 
And so from my my cynic point of view says, does Disney actually support this or are they just another corporation that's looking to capitalize on what's going on to make a quick buck? And I'm curious what you have to say to that. Go ahead, Jane. Um, I I was heading down that way, too, when I was doing some research on the quick buck. Like, why aren't they just biting the bullet and doing something? And then I got into some of the causes. I, I think finances might have something to do with like, oh my gosh, coming back. But the causes that they support globally was is astounding. What they do to support it, and maybe not so much um, in those countries. I mean, where it is actually illegal to be gay, where they have to actually edit it material or, you know, onward isn't able to, you know, they're not able to release that in certain countries. Um, but the education and what they're, I believe what Disney's trying to do is just the education I think is, is so much, is so much of it and what they're putting for it and the money that they're putting for it for education and, um, youth being able to articulate their feelings and how to deal with the bullying and the homophobic and the, um, all the gender phobia that is with it and how do they prosper. And so a lot of money is being sent to a lot of causes globally to empower these new, um, youth that are coming out and who want to, want to feel that. Um, some of the, some of the stuff was really, I thought it was just, outstanding what they were doing in Japan, what they're doing in um, uh, the UK, Australia, Ireland. Um, I, I think it's those small steps, but I think, I think they're on the way, but I do think money is probably, probably the bottom, the probably the bottom line with it too, unfortunately. And we talk on this show all the time, Casey, that Disney is a corporation. They need to make money. That is their goal. Um, so like that, but also, like you said, with the causes to me, that also does kind of, again, curb some of my cynicism Mm -hmm. because they wouldn't be donating to those causes if they were just trying to make a quick buck out of this. Casey, go ahead. It's funny. I, I I wrote a Facebook post the other day and then I took it down because I, I I didn't want to deal with the comments, but I'm going to kind of say what I said in the Facebook post. There is a level of cynicism among many of my LGBT friends, and I have a lot of them. I run a gay bowling league and, and you know, all this stuff in the area. But there's a level of cynicism this time of year, and you see it. I'm a, I'm a member of a couple of Facebook groups, Gay Geeks, some other things, where you see the cynicism of, oh, they're slapping the rainbow merchandise on everything, but, you know, it's just to make a buck, and I've seen it. And in the Facebook post that I was going to write was, but what's the alternative? Yes, there's the ideal of the rainbow merchandise and what we're talking about here, the authenticity of of true supporting of causes and, and, and really working to have a more inclusive world. That's the ideal. And I think we all want that. But the alternative of corporations not doing this rainbow thing once a year is not doing the rainbow thing once a year and going back to their old ways, going back to the, you know, it is still illegal in something like 17 or 18 states, or it's still legal in 17 or 18 states that if your employer finds out you're LGBT, they can fire you on the spot. That is still a thing in like a third of the country. (laughs) People don't realize that, right? It is still illegal in some states for two gay dads or two gay moms to adopt a child. Don't even get me started on trans rights. I mean, we ha- we've talked a lot about gay and lesbian, but from a trans perspective, just getting somebody to say, to use somebody's preferred pronoun versus, well, they were born a man, they should be referred to as a he the rest of their life. Well, if that's not who they are, well, like how much harder is it to say she or they, right? And so... When it comes to Disney, I think Disney is kind of is in, its, in its own category because of everything that Jane just said, which is this this the support, like the, the different causes they're donating to around the world. They're not making a profit on this rainbow merchandise. Like if you've read when they release it every year, all the rainbow merchandise profit goes to these causes. They're not making a dime on it. 
that's not what every organization does, but that is what Disney's doing. Does, if that makes sense. Peter, do you have anything you want to add on that? I'm curious your thoughts. I mean, I, I like looked up, like, um, I went on shop Disney and actually looked up, like, what is it that they're doing for the pride collection? Um, and there are so many, like it's under, it's under like their rain. I think it's like rainbow Disney collection.com or something like that. And it's like an entire link of like everyone that they like donate to. So there's like several things like overseas there's, um, like belong, which is, uh, where does this one come from? Just a national organization. There's like some in Germany. There were some in like UK, um, in the US. I know they usually do like GLSEN, um, and that one's usually about like K through 12 schools, about like making inclusion and making um, just more like like safe, not as like yes, safe places for uh, queer youth to. Um, to grow and to learn. Um, but I think all, I think it also incorporates some of like bringing in queer education into it too. Um, so it's not just, we have to learn through like history channel or like Facebook posts. So we can actually like hear it in our curriculum. Well, that, that G L S E N that you were um, speaking of um, starts from kindergarten. That's awesome. Kindergarten through grade, grade 12. That's what it is. It's all it's all based on um, education, and they've been around for like twenty years. And then um, I'm not, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right. I'm sure that I'm not, so I do apologize. Nidro Diversity, established in 2013 in Japan. Nidro means rainbow. I love it. So that's their organization, and Disney helps. Well, they fund it and, and contribute to it, and that's to help educate and inform and help stop the workplace um, issues that go along with LGBT, you know, and not being discriminated against. Mm -hmm. So that's definitely for like the workplace. So again, Peter, like really, I I was just amazed by all the stuff that they were doing on there too. One of my other passions beyond Disney is politics. And those of you who are friends with me on Facebook know that I don't shy away from my political views, but I listened to one of the other podcasts called 538 and they had an episode um, today or yesterday that was released on why has the gay marriage basically issue of the last 15 years or so, or, or really longer, but 15 years, why has it kind of defied the performance of other like crazy partisan issues, things like abortion, things like gun rights, things like all these other things. Why has gay marriage been accelerated to the level to where now we are where we are? And, and one of the things that they said in this was that it's one of those issues, unlike some of these other issues, whether you call it abortion or gun rights or, or all these other things, it is one of these issues where by adapting the right for everybody to freely marry and love who they want to love, you are not taking away the rights of other people to accomplish that, right? For some of these other issues, there may be, you know, a, a feeling of my right is being taken away. But with gay marriage, it's I'm just getting married to the person I love. Love is love, right? And and because of that, younger people have grabbed onto it much longer. And the the the, the terminology they used in the podcast, which I thought was a little morbid at first, but it's true. For every 18 year old who turns eight, or every kid who turns 18 years old there's an 85% chance that that 18 year old is going to vote in favor of gay rights issues. And for every older person who passes away, there's like a 90% chance that um, they were on a viewpoint of anti-gay issues. So very quickly, as the population has changed, that's why we've seen the tide turn. I'm of the belief that I don't think Disney has been riding the wave. I think Disney has been helping that wave along. But if Disney's not careful, and I think this is kind of when we can kind of turn into maybe the future, if Disney's not careful, they're going to be in danger of riding the wave and falling behind. They've got to make that pivot here sooner rather than later. You know what I'm saying, Matt? It looks like you're ready to say something. Uh, you are transitioning me. Perfect. Casey. I have a great transition. I, I don't want to move quite on to the future quite yet. Okay. I want to hear, question for all of you, I want all of you to answer this. 
what was your first piece of pride merchandise that you bought for Disney? And when you saw it and when this was the first, like what, what was that like? Like describe to me that feeling. I um, let's, uh, is there someone that wants to, to kick it off? Casey, go ahead. I'm tearing up thinking about it right now. Um, the first piece of pride merchandise I bought for Disney was the very first trip that I went to Disney world in 2010 with Nate. He saw it first. It was a, the, the traditional Mickey icon pin that was a rainbow. He bought one and I wanted one too. And we wore them on our trip. Um, it, it, you know, we had only been dating for five months at that point. It was barely, I mean, and he took me to Disney. He's the reason why I'm as Disney obsessed as I am. He's the one who took me to Disney. We've talked about that on the show and it was the pride pin. And I made a point ever since then, anything pride pin related, I always buy the pride pins every year since that year. Um, so I've got a very extensive pride pin collection. Um, I look forward to the, the rainbow collection that comes out every year. This year, I got the key. You guys know I collect the keys. Heck, I mean, I'm at a point now, this is not Disney, but I've got a a, a donkey uh, rainbow pin that I bought from the Democratic store because I love it. I know it's crazy. Um, but no, I just... Is it bad that when you say donkey, the first thing I think of is Donkey, Shrek. yeah. And, <laughs> that's, donkey. Like, oh, donkey. It must have been a donkey. Shrek promotion. Oh, but no, my, my, my first my first Pride merchandise was the, was the, um, the Mickey icon uh rainbow graphic and then from there i've bought a bunch more but it just means a lot because nate was with me we had just started dating he was the first true long-term boyfriend i had um and I tear up thinking about it what about you peter okay so i think the first bit of pride product that i ever got was the rainbow mickey from like two years ago and it was like from head to toe want all rainbow colored um I think it was one of the cutest things that I've seen. And I'm like, I have to have this. Like, it was fantastic. <laughs> I wish I had more of an elaborate to go along with it. But, hey, it was still cute. That's totally fine. Jane, what about you? Um, Casey actually rung me up for my very first Rainbow Mickey mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that we introduced. I want to say Series 1. Yeah, a couple years <laughs> um, ago. And it really, I saw it. I'm like, gosh, I gotta, I gotta have that. And like, you know, we're a big, I mean, we're a big Disney family. Andrew, my, my middle son, um, absolutely loves as his favorite is Mickey Mouse. And, um, I'm gay. I came out a little bit later in life and, um, I just wanted that. I just wanted that symbol to be a safe space in the house, <laughs> you know, that it's like, okay, he's like, you know, a football guy and he, you know, he's a firefighter now, but it's really cool for this rainbow Mickey, you know, I just wanted, again, all inclusive, no judgment, um, everything but love. I just, I just thought that like, what a great representation and he loved it. The kids love it. And it just was a nice way to bring for me also to see that, to also bring it, you know, into the house and, and, just have it kind of represent us, you know, here. So that was it. Thank you again, Casey. (laughs) Go ahead, Casey. Bringing that back around full circle to kind of the pride, the pride conversation that we had very early on about gay or early, early on on gay days. I think one of the reasons why gay days has been so popular at Disney. um, And we talked about this is because it's safe to wear that stuff to, to wear the rainbow Mickey ears, to carry your rainbow Mickey plush, to wear the rainbow pride pin. I, I took a really big step this year outside my house. Um, I, I was at Penny's when I was in Michigan with my family and they had a rainbow collection and they had a pride flag and I've never owned a pride flag and I bought it and I, and I told myself I was going to hang it outside my house and I've never done that before. And I bought it and I got back and it, it sat for a week. I, I had a whole week to put it up and I, and I was nervous. I, those of us who are in the community understand that even though we have made these leaps and bounds, it, it, it can be scary to outwardly express the fact that you are gay or part of the LGBT community because, mm-hmm. or, or to walk down the street holding your partner's hand uh, 
because depending on what side of town you're on. I remember when we bought this house, I had to ask the real estate agent, how are they with LGBT? And she's like, if you would have bought it two miles in one direction, you probably wouldn't be okay. But where you're at, you're good. Like that's, that, that, that's that, you know, as far as we've come and, you know, people will say, you know, why, why do you have to have gay pride parades? Why, you know, why can't we have a straight pride parade? Because straight people don't feel like that. Straight people don't have to ask questions like that. And, and I straight pride parade is a parade. That's what it is. It's a a normal parade. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. But I hung, I hung. It's a normal parade. That's what every parade is. I hung the flag outside (laughs) and, and even, and even Nate's like, you know, he goes, you know, we're, we could get hate crimes because that's a real reality. We could, I mean, very good, but I hung it out and we haven't had any issues with it. I remember the very first time I wore my Mickey pin, my, my rainbow Mickey pin, at um at the disney store we were allowed to wear one pin and i chose to wear that pin and i was worried what people would think but i got more i love your pins than i could count in disney at the disney store i had more guests look up come up to me and go i love your pin where'd you get it i love your pin where'd you get it then and that just goes to show you that disney allows that space that allows you to do that i just had to tell that story and and being straight white man over here <laughs> the the idea that you would have to think about where you bought your house because you might get a hate crime is something that like i never even thought about like when we were buying a house 5 years ago like don't get me wrong i was looking at is this a nice neighborhood to raise children in but yeah like you know looking at school yeah exactly like you're looking at that kind of stuff but the idea of Will my house be the target of a hate crime was never something that crossed my mind. So like, that's just a, a world that I, I, I don't understand. All right. I want to transition to the future of, of Disney and the LGBT community in terms of like mainstream movies. And I have a wonderful pitch for you. I am okay. Disney and you are pitching to me the first LGBTQ character. I want you to pitch to me a character, a plot, a movie. I don't care what it is. It can be Disney, Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars. I don't care what it is. I want you to make a pitch. Oh, man. I'm going to vamp for a little bit because they are all thinking. I wish you could see the faces right now. Um, they are all thinking of like, oh, my gosh. Well, uh, It's excited thinking. I'm happy. I was worried that this was going to be like, a ooh. But, no, this is excited thinking. Um, uh, I want to hear your best pitch of a movie. a t- uh, Maybe not so much a TV show because, as you said, you know, Disney Plus – um, is 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 very uh, populated with a lot of representation. Um, I shouldn't say a lot, but a, a more than what the films are. So I, I want the first feature-length film. The trailer drops. And, and what is this movie about? Well, okay, I have some, I'm going to have to narrow mine down. It's definitely Marvel, some, spo- some sort of speculative fiction kind of thing. So you're going to have to come back to me, but I, I'm, I'm setting the groundwork. Marvel speculative fiction. So and something for the future. Let me piggyback off of that is Marvel Comics has constantly been on the forefront of social issues. I mean, we're talking back in the 60s. X-Men were a like clear response to the civil rights movement. Like that's that's it, 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 it that's a very clear parallel there. Um, and even I want to say a, a, for a while there have been some X-Men that have I want to either um, gay or bi, one of the two. Um, it's um, I'm totally blanking on the names, and I'm really embarrassed. Um, but I know they're in one of the games that I have, and so the, they're characters that are actually really fun to play. Um, but I know they've been represented as well. Casey, go ahead. I was going to say, actually, Marvel just took a huge step um, with Loki, and they've announced that Loki is actually gender fluid. And um, they've officially announced that he's gender fluid and they might actually explore some of that in, in Loki over the next six episodes. So, uh, which by the way, don't want to get into Loki right now, but holy smokes, first episode of Loki blew me away. Anyway. Um, I need a hotel that's like the TVA right now. <laughs> um, I'm going to, I guess I'll go first real quick yeah. while you guys are still thinking. Mine's, mine's not fantasy driven, actually. It's, it's not like, you know, princesses and princes. I think the first 
like entrance of an LGBT main character Disney animated movie. I, I think it has to be Disney animated. Like I want to start there. It needs to be Pixar or Disney. It needs to be a mainstream released worldwide. I think something grounded in actual true LGBT struggles. Um, uh, you got a, you know, 20, 30 something year old who's just recently come out. Um, you know, maybe he's worked at his job, uh, a computer job, a technology job, and the employer finds out that he's, he's gay and, and, and chooses to let him go. And he starts, he, he, he goes on a quest to start his own empire, his own computer empire, his own technological empire and builds it. And, and the moral of the story is as long the way he's able to get a family, he's able to, to kind of achieve his dream and make the most. And, and his, his queerness does not hold him back despite that setback that he had. I think true representation of, of, of being bullied because of your queerness, because of being LGBT and being able to overcome that is something I think telling a true authentic gay story without the stereotypical tropes um, that are always associated, I think is really important. Right. And I think in the same regard, it's okay to represent some of the stereotypical tropes as well, because that's just as important. So like, I, I think something that is, very authentic to a true LGBT character. I think this is one of the reasons why I resonate with High School Musical so much is I remember feeling the way some of those characters felt felt in high school theater, except I didn't have an outlet to express my gayness because I wasn't out until I was 21 years old. So I think that I'm would sorry. be my... Are you thinking... So are you thinking something like a little more grounded, like an inside out or a Coco that still has some like a flair of magic to it, but feels a little bit more grounded in reality? I'm thinking something along the lines of, I know you're going to laugh at me, but kind of a meet the Robinsons slash princess and the frog because Tiana kind of get Tiana gets to go and build her own business as a, as a new Orleans chef. Right. And, and cook. I think something along those lines of technologically advanced, they don't allow these these things that were perceived as potential setbacks in their life to be a setback and they grow and, and they achieve their dreams. That's what I would like to see. On a separate, I love your idea. On a separate note, I absolutely now need a Meet the Robinsons and Princess and the Frog Cross. There you go. <laughs> All right. I'm going to attempt this here. So kind of your play, uh, I kind of, I kind of, okay, I scrapped the marble. Because I think what you said, Casey, getting back to animation, kids all about animation, and that's where they need to identify with how they're feeling. So you had to meet the Robinsons. I was thinking something along the line of the relationship between Timon and Pumbaa. Hmm. Um, They're male, but something more along the line of like a a Timon and Puma, like a a Tim and Patty on the playground. So they're young kids on the playground and they quite haven't been able to identify themselves because they're younger, um, but dealing with the issues of bullying and, you know, um, on the playground, we're celebrating Halloween and what is little Timmy want to wear? He wants to wear the princess dress. And what does Patty want to wear? She wants to dress up as the latest Marvel kid, whatever it might be. But identifying with that and then working together on how to educate or just deal or just cope with the pressures and the anxiety of being that young and just being able to identify yourself and being inclusive. And it's a school setting and family. So I'm thinking maybe a partnership in some way. Um, could maybe be a home run. I was trying to think of like a really good like catchphrase, but um, yeah, Timon and Pumbaa, we got the Tim and Patty combo. Love it. Okay. All right. I like it. I like it. Peter, what about you? Um, I'm going to go in a different direction. Um, I'm not, I'm going to like stay away from like 100% animation. Um, I would much rather do live action like Mary Poppins live action where they still add it, incorporate the animation. So it follows, it can follow maybe one character, maybe a couple different characters have like vignettes 
of like different characters, how they interact, how they intermingle. And maybe like halfway through like the big exposition or whatever, they all like uh, merge together and, and like kind of like create like a movement of their own. Um, but kind of the idea is um, the more that they begin to like explore um, themselves and be more like intrigued and more like interested in like discovering themselves, they have like animated character that just makes their world like colorful you know so so like i love it i love I that know. i love that yes yeah i love like, the dichotomy of the mixing yeah you know it's really interesting i think all first of all i love all three of these ideas i love i love that idea of the the rainbow bringing the joy i think that's awesome jane i loved mm-hmm. yours what i found interesting and i really want to make a point here none of us went for the gay princess or gay prince story but i will say and i'm going to say this and you guys tell me if you disagree it still needs to happen there still needs to be at some point it may not be the first one but at some point there needs to be a gay prince who has a kiss with another man on the screen there needs to be a a a gay princess who has a kiss with another princess or another woman on the screen at some point that does need to happen it may not be the first movie out of the gate but at some point disney needs to swallow that pill and they need to say it's time because the second you're able to do that and you inaugurate a gay disney princess into the uh, or you coordinate uh, officially a disney princess into the the official princesses it becomes normalized and i think that's really important um I actually find it really interesting that the three of us, none of us actually said it. And I, I, I'm sure there's some psychology there, some reason that we didn't go there. Maybe we recognize that there's steps that have to be taken. I don't know, or we just got different ideas, but it does have to happen at some point. And, and Disney may lose their shirt on it. I don't know. They, they very well may uh, uh, in the world, but that's a chance they've got to take to, to take that step, that final step. You know, Jane, when I first texted you about this, you asked me about, a tweet from someone who I did not know about. I didn't know his name. His name was Mersh, I think, or, or Hirsch, Hirsch. And Alex Hirsch, I believe. Yeah. And he challenged Disney. Yeah. He challenged Disney to, to, to put their money where their mouth is that if they really mean this, Mm -hmm. put it in, put it in a film, put it in a movie Mm -hmm. and it's time. I mean, it's absolutely time. I mean, do you guys agree, disagree with my assessment on this? Oh, it's long overdue. <laughs> sorry. No, don't be sorry. I'm like Peter. What about I'm on what do you like think? both sides? Like, I'm seeing like kind of two different perspectives on it. Like, yes, I would absolutely love to see that. I would love to see whether it be to either two princesses, two queens, two uh, princes, or two kings. Um, having like that enchanted kiss, making their ha- their happily ever after. Um. The other part of me I'm is like, is this too cliche of what everybody is already seeing and what everyone's like, I don't know, almost like self-fulfilling prophecy of like, oh, who could have seen this one coming? Like the next, like the next big movie. Yes, it does need to happen. Um, but I also hope that it is tastefully done and not like for the shock factor and like the wow, like the wow, like buzz factor that it's like true authentic this is where we stand this is what we believe is normal and we are going with this um not so much just to get people into the movie theaters i think disney has already gone i mean clearly like they're they release rainbow merchandise every year Mm -hmm. and it gets the collection continues to get bigger every time that i see it it there's more Um, clearly in Disney plus and on TV shows, Disney channel, they're clearly leaning into it. And so I, I, I do agree at this point, if you're already doing it. So like, I mean, don't get me wrong. It still is a big step, but it's not like they're going cold Turkey, like nothing was happening. And now boom, here we are feature animated film, princess, prince, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. They're already doing it. So, um, well, we're, we're hitting the hour mark here. So, but I want to give, um, uh, uh, final thoughts, um, uh, for anyone. Um, uh, so I, I'd love to go around the horn and get some final thoughts. 
my final thoughts, I would love to see, like I said before, Disney just bite the bullet and just go for it. All the groundwork has been led. Uh, you could totally have this out. Russia doesn't like it, then just too bad. Deal with it. <laughs> it's just, you know, I, 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 I'm just, I'm just waiting for that. I think, I mean, it, I don't know. After, after, again, it was after COVID, the, um, the Black Lives Matter movement, everything. I've been seeing so much. I mean, I saw a commercial the other day with two men in bed. And I was like, I got to rewind that again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they were, I mean, it was it was a commercial. And it, I don't know if it was for cough medicine or something. But um, I'm like, there, we could, you know, that's obvious. So, you know, others are going to be laying that groundwork even more if Disney, like Matt said, Disney might... If they're not, if they're not going to be progressive in this, they might end up just falling short, just where they could make that initial like push out in, in into what into what needs the what needs what happened. Absolutely, mm-hmm. Peter. How about you? Let's keep going. I'm, I'm, looking, I'm looking forward to it. Seeing it on the big screen. I won't stream it either. I'll pay full price for the movie ticket. <laughs> mm. As long as it all goes to LGBT artists. <laughs> Yeah, I, I have to also agree. Um, Disney definitely has some groundwork to lay. Um, they, for gosh, I think since the beginning, they have always like been proud of um, like being like groundbreakers, the trailblazers on a lot of different fields, a lot of different aspects, trying to like perfect and improve on several things this can be one of them. And I mean, with as big of a corporation, as big of like an influence and impact that Disney has, they can make some serious changes. I feel like, um, you know, whether it is like the, like the legal issues, the, um, or like the financial portions. Um, I think they can do a lot of influence as far as like, where we can go as a, as a society, as a community and everything. Um, also, yes, the mo- a fully like LGBT movie, movie, um, show, what have you, um, totally needs to be like idealized and like fast. So for my final thoughts, I'm going to think back to a, a guest we had on the show. Um, I think earlier this year, maybe late last year, Matt, her name was Tanja. We did the hidden Mickey's episode. And in that episode, one of her closing thoughts was that Mickey speaks all languages. And so I want to kind of address my closing thoughts to anybody who's listening to the show who hasn't necessarily felt that they can be who they want to be. Um, whether you're nine years old whether you're 50 years old, whether you're 80 years old and listening to our podcast, how awesome is that? Um, It's never too late for you to recognize who you are. And it's never too late to say to yourself, it's time for me to be my authentic self. I have a friend, his, uh, her name is Danny. He used to be Daniel and I knew him as Dan and he has transitioned to, he is, is, they are now Danny. See, even I have trouble with it from time to time. And, and, and she's so happy and I, I'm so happy for her. And I say that because those of you who are not struggling with that, it costs nothing to be kind and recognize that there may be people in your life who are. And so when you're at school or you're at work and you see that person sitting alone Maybe in your mind, they seem a little odd or they seem a little awkward. Go sit next to them and have lunch with them. Share a, share a Pepsi with them. Talk Disney with them. I mean, everyone loves something Disney. Disney is that common language, right? And, and be willing to help other people. You never know what they're struggling with in their, in, in their own personal life. And you never know how much that act of kindness um will go. And and I kind of bring this around to Disney because when we think through the ages of everything that Disney has produced for us over the years, it has taught us all of those morals, 
all of those social cues, all of those things about being good people, about standing up for what's right, about a, about, again, willing to accept people for who they are. So speak Disney to somebody and you never know how much of a, how, how meaningful that could be, whether it's a little kid who wants to put on a dress and he's a boy or a little girl who wants to play with star Wars action figures. Um, embrace people for where they're at not what you want them to be and i think that's that's my closing argument is that disney disney has taught us through the years on how to do that and now it's time to put it out there and and disney has an opportunity here to be on that forefront and continue to be on that forefront um and i think that if we all exert a little bit of pressure in that direction disney will get there very quickly i think those random those random acts of kindness and I would love to challenge all of your listeners, one random act of kindness a day. Get to know that person who's sitting on the, the park bench. Get to know their story. I bet there's more things that you can identify with than object or find fault in or disagreement with. You know, We're connected more than I think everybody thinks. You know what we call those in the Disney community. We call those magical moments, my friends. Magical moments. Magical moments. <laughs> and you do not have to be a cast member to create a magical moment in somebody's life. No. You do not. You can you create mm-hmm. magical moments every day of your life by just being a decent human being. So um, I know we're running long, but Casey, we we were very rude on our podcast. And usually what we do for a first time guest is ask them, what's your favorite Disney character? What's your favorite Disney movie? And we did not do this to Jane. So we're going to do this backwards. Um, Jane, uh, imagine it's like the first five minutes of the episode. What is your favorite Disney character slash Disney movie? Super simple, Rainbow Unicorn. Yes, Rainbow (laughs) Unicorn. I refer to myself as a we. <laughs> We're doing fine. It's just me. It's just we. I don't know who else I'm talking to, but inside, there's more than one of me. Uh, but um, Rainbow Unicorn is on my it's it's on my name badge. Um, I do believe uh, I, this is my personal opinion that she Rainbow Unicorn is uh, tr- a trans character. Um, in the movie, if you notice, I had mentioned this, I think to you, Casey, before we were talking about this, um, rainbow unicorn, not many lines, actually zero (laughs) to be exact, but she pulls out her, uh, she has all her cases, all her trunks and they're marked wigs. So that, uh, I've been to a lot of drag shows. I love drag and (laughs) I know when those trunks start coming, it's going to be a good show. So, uh, rainbow unicorn. I remember awesome. my I remember my very first drag show I ever went to in in um <laughs> where was this was in this was in uh, and it was Garden City, Michigan, and it was it was a place called Stilettos, and the drag the drag queen's name was Trixie Deluxe, and and it was drag bingo, and oh my god, I absolutely loved it, and we've mentioned this on the podcast before. Um, Ursula, Ursula is actually based on a very, very, mm-hmm. very famous drag queen, uh, called, I think it's, I think nope. it's D- is it? divine, isn't it? Divine. Um, divine. I actually wrote that. It is divine. Uh, yeah. Yes. Harris, Harris Milstead. Yep. Famous drag queen. And I've always said that that song, poor unfortunate souls, if I was ever to do drag, that would be my song, baby. That's all I got to say. <laughs> poor unfortunate souls. So yeah, I buy it. Oh, there you go, <laughs> uh, Peter. What's up? I did a costume contest and actually did Ursula in full drag makeup, and I won. Oh, <laughs> I love it. I love it. You know, Matt. Right, I want so- to say one thing real quick. We were also rude to Peter. We were also rude to Peter. This is Peter's second time, and technically, he has earned the distinction friend of the pod so we got to make sure we, we call peter out for who he is he is a friend of the pod now oh my gosh how are you <laughs> i know i'm so sorry yeah. so, we really failed on our normal pleasantries there yeah. so um um I'm, I'm gonna thank you all individually so uh, uh you get so I, i'll thank you all individually peter thanks so much for coming on again it was great having you Thank you so much for having me, you guys. It has been a blast once again. Always have so much fun with you. And Jane, thanks so much for coming on, making the time to do this. We really appreciate having you on. It's great to see you and talk to you again. 
Oh, absolutely. Love to see all you guys. Miss you all. Thanks again for having me. Absolutely. All right, Casey, uh, if they want to get a hold of us, how do they do that? It is absolutely. It is closing time, my friends. If you'd like to get a hold of us, you can find us on Facebook at the Beers and Ears podcast. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at Beers Ears 1928. We would love for you to email us and let us know what you think about the show or this episode or future episodes. Uh, Beers and Ears 1928 at gmail.com. If you are not already subscribing to the show, we ask you to do so. That's one of the ways that we kind of maintain our ratings. So please subscribe. And if you haven't already rated and reviewed us, um, five stars five stars that's how that goes um and again thank you for taking the time to uh listen to our show uh we are absolutely loving it and um we're excited to have you matt um just keep the dude on display real quick um i i just got done listening to um the crunchy stars episode which was something i don't even didn't even know existed um all i gotta say is chris's impression of the Swedish chef is absolutely spot on. I died laughing as soon as he introed it. It was the best. And you are now his, you are now his father. That's no, little... he's my father. Oh. In, the, in the discontinued on display canon, he is my dad. Okay, so he, who's your daddy? That, that's... If you don't know what we're talking about, please go listen to discontinued on display. Oh my lord! Discontinued, write this down. It's good. They've done yes, discontinued all kinds of on good display. Stuff. So. All right. Well, that is it. It is time to raise our glasses, my friends. This episode has been on us. We will see you again real soon. Have a great night, everybody. Thank you. Bye, everyone. Bye.